0: Chapter 24. The Train to Hell. The noise comes again. Lacose and I sit in tense silence as the train puffs its way into the dark countryside. He's staring intently at the door, waiting for it to open, his shotgun trained on the opening to blast any hellish thing that enters. I have both my pistols out. Lacose stands, steps to the compartment door and opens it slightly to stare out. I'm right behind him. What do you think it is? Can't see anyone. The barrel of his shotgun points into the dimly lit corridor. As well as the pistols in my hand, my mind hovers over the hot bar where the banishing ritual spell is set. Then LeCose visibly relaxes. He steps back. It's just the conductor. I exhale, geez, I thought we were done for. There's no way out of this compartment apart from that door. Lacose looks thoughtful. You're right, we should move. After we pay for our tickets, I smile. He gives a low laugh. We're getting on fine. We sit back down on the poorly upholstered seats. The conductor slides open the door of the compartment without warning. Tickets, please. Luckily, we've put our weapons away. I say, we didn't have time to get them before we boarded the train. Can we buy them on board? The stationmaster already said we could, but it isn't polite to presume. The conductor is an amiable middle-aged man with sideburns. He pushes his wireframe spectacles up his nose and reaches into his pocket for a book of tickets. All the way to London, LaCose says. The conductor glances at me. Both of you? I nod. Return? I smile ruefully. I don't think so. Just to London. He hands us the tickets and charges us five shillings each. I put the ticket in my inventory. What time will we arrive at Paddington Station? The conductor takes out a gold pocket watch from the interior of his jacket and consults it. We're running on time, so I should think about 5 am. Tickets sold, he turns and makes his way, but pauses at the door. Were you two gentlemen wanting a cup of tea? Why not? Very well, I'll be back in around 15 minutes when I check the rest of the train. It seems very quiet tonight, I say. Yes, there's only you two and some other gentleman who got on at the last minute in Glastonbury just before we are about to set off. A glance at Lacose, he shrugs. Could be nothing. See you soon with the tea. The conductor leaves. Lacose and I lapse into silence as we wait for the conductor to return with the tea. However, it's not the conductor, but another man, also in railway uniform, but this time strangely ill-fitting. He's wearing a cap pulled low over his face and his collar turned up, as if he has something to hide. Tea. His voice has a strange, sibilant quality, and he manoeuvres his mouth to be always out of my direct gaze. Lacose hasn't noticed. My mind flicks to my HUD. I have the thrust spell on the hotbar. There's a small shelf that can be pulled out from the carriage side. Lacose leans and pulls it out for him. The railway employee places two teacups on that and gives us both milk and sugar without asking. Then he's gone. Lacose doesn't seem to be in the slightest alerted by him, but to be truthful, there was nothing strange apart from his voice. I've heard voices like that only from the Brothers of Shadow, but it could be me being hypersensitive to danger. Lacose's arms are folded and he looks miles away. "'What do you know about the Brothers of Shadow?' I say. He shrugs. "'They're a guild?' I grow impatient with his lack of concern. That man, he talks like them. How do you know what they talk like? That would mean me telling him of my encounters with Mervyn Gerdrock. As far as I know, Lacose and Ailsa didn't meet the brothers in the Nameless City. They were already outside with the cold ones. I pause. I'd never really considered going over to Gerdrock. of course. He raises his eyebrows. You're about to confess something. His old tone has come back confess. The shifty way you started talking about it. I clear my throat. They offer to let me join. I bet they did. I lift my chin. What do you mean by that? You're the special boy, aren't you? Everybody wants you to be in their gang. I suddenly want to punch him, but instead I shrug and look out the window. He lets me sit for a few minutes. So did you join? Of course not. Why, of course not. They're freaks. Hybrids. The guy who brought us the tea was one. I didn't notice. No. He uncrosses his legs. His fingers tap on the pull-out table that supports our teacups. Then he takes a sip of tea. Putting down the tea, he says. You think they want to persuade you a bit more? I glance at the compartment door and it's closed again. I think it may have gone beyond that. They may now suspect my stalling means I don't really want to be part of them. Not if you get to be an eel, or worse. I give a low laugh and take a sip of tea. The tea tastes strangely chalky. It's reminiscent of another taste I can't place right now. Leco sips his tea. Before he raises it to his lips, I say, Does this taste funny to you? He sniffs it, then takes another more deliberate sip. A bit chalky. Probably the water. Tea brought by a brother of Shadow. Maybe. He puts down the cup. Yeah, good point. We don't drink any more, though we've both swallowed a few mouthfuls. Perhaps you should get your gun ready, I say. He nods and the shotgun appears in his hands. The rhythmic movement of the train is almost hypnotic. Shapes flutter outside the window. I wonder whether they may be bats, but the thought shocks me awake. I think of the dark, faceless thing I'd encountered in the tomb in Highgate. Nightgaunts, maybe flying beside the train. I look at Le and see his eyes are closed. I shake him awake. God, we're being slow. Uh, There was something in the tea. I feel groggy. Strange shapes flower beyond the window and the compartment feels less real. I finally place the chalky taste. It was the same taste of the potions that took us to the dreamlands, but more dilute, as if it were a long-acting and slow-onset effect. The coase finally comes to under my shaking hands. Something taps at the window, something membranous and black. I hear an unearthly keening. The coase hears it too. I speak strange words. I hear the singing of the birds in the garden that haunt the jeweled trees of the temple of the veiled king in Ingenok. I don't know their meaning, even though they come from my mouth. Panicking, I ask. Where is that? Ingenok. He rubs his eyes. He looks overcome with sleep. He coughs and says, I I think it's in the dreamlands. I'm in a real panic now. They've given us a potion that's taking us to the dreamlands. I want him to answer, but he just looks at me, stupefied with sleep. Do you have any of the sapphire potions, I say? Sapphire potions? He drank more tea than me. He's more drugged. The one that brings you back from the dreamlands. He shakes his head then begins fighting the drugged sleep. He slaps his palm against his forehead as if to bring himself round, and he stands. We've got to get off this train. As it's taking us to hell or somewhere similar, I can't disagree. I follow him from the compartment. Something strange has happened to the corridor. It extends in front of us like a hall of mirrors. Infinite regress. Lacose backs up. This way. Let's go towards the engine at the front. I follow him along the dilated passageways, my footsteps heavy as if I'm wading through glue. On instinct, I try the handles of the compartments that we pass by, but none of them open. I see they are sham doors. There are no compartments there at all. The whole thing is now a circus sideshow, a ghost train. I hear shuffling behind us like the sound of folding paper. I chance a look over my shoulder. Something inky black is coalescing at the bottom of the corridor. I put my hand to Lakota's shoulder blade to urge him on. Terror jumps into my throat, heart-thumping, palms sweating. Panic pushes me on, and behind the black fog rolls cloudy and sparkling gold motes. It gains momentum. It can swallow us. You observe something horrific. Minus ten sanity. I yell, hurry! The black mass is halfway towards us now, and I see mouths and eyes in its amorphous absurdity. Behind it is the railway man who brought us the tea laced with the Dreamland potion. This time I see his face clearly. He has the needle mouth of the Brothers of Shadow, but his transformation has gone further. He has jelly-like, soft eyes. At his shoulder is Mervyn Gerdrock. Gerdrock's lamprey mouth opens, I see his eyes are empty as oil-burned Bible black. Gerdrock yells, Reverend Cadmon, would you betray me? I offered you salvation, but you have chosen these idiots instead. Light can't prevail, darkness will eat the world. Fighting the tug of the potion, I nearly laugh at the ridiculous speech, I move away from them. The whole train is sliding into the dreamlands. Cose has got to the end of the corridor and we are behind the door that opens onto the engine itself. He's too slow, so I grab the brass handle, twist it, then push the door to feel the cold air in my face. The heat from the furnace flares on my skin. It's blazing, but there's nobody stoking it. The speed of the train almost takes my breath away as I jam the carriage door shut behind. We are not totally in the dreamlands, for this place smells still of England. I've got my hand on the door handle, bracing it shut behind, as if that'll stop them getting through. I turn to Lacose. What are we going to do? Lacose joins me, jamming his shoulder against the door in anticipation of the assault. I still have no answer to my question, so I repeat it. He shakes his head. Let me think. Let me think. I look around. There's no driver. There's no engineer. No one is shoveling coal into the furnace. Without the coal, the engine should surely stop but it hurtles on, nevertheless. He says, soon the train will enter the dreamlands proper. If that happens, it'll be a lot more difficult to escape. Lacose is much more experienced in these places than I am, but I want to help. What can I do? Lacose says, you're important than I am now. You're the one who has the opportunity of making the elixir of life. I'll hold them off while you escape. I don't want you to die. My sentiment surprises even myself. A smile cracks his face. That's sweet. Don't worry about me. I'm slippery, not so easily caught. The noise of the engine is overwhelming. I feel the heat of the furnace on the skin of my hand and cheek. He says there's a broad river before we enter the dreamlands. It forms the border. One bank leads to the enchanted wood. The other is in England. The train will go over a high viaduct. You jump from there and land in the river. Jump? How many health do you have? 271. Do you have any health potions? None left, but I have a health spell and some mana left. He gets a blue health potion from his inventory and hands me the crystal bottle. You should be okay, but here, have this as well. I think of arguing, but then take the bottle with gratitude. I don't relish the idea of jumping off a speeding train through the darkness into a river that may or may not be there. Something smashes against the door. The Coase braces it, and it holds. I gasp as tendrils of rubbery darkness seep around the edges of the door. The fingers of that blasphemous abomination reach for us. Where they touch Lacose, I smell burning and he cries out. I cast a heel spell. He grunts, thanks, but save your mana for yourself. The door bulges in as they press their weight against the wood. The rubbery fingers are reaching round. I hit my banish spell and inscribe a glowing pentagram in the air. The creature's appendages dart back as if scalded. Lacose tilts his head, shoulder still against the door. Good job, but we can't win. They'll just summon more. Someone fires a pistol and the bullet splinters through the door. I see three bullet holes appear. Two of the rounds hit Lacose. He slumps back, groaning. Without thinking, I cast the heal spell on him again. My heal spell is on cooldown, so I can't help. I see him reach into his inventory and chug a healing potion. We both stand on either side of the door so any further bullets will fly harmlessly past us. I say, you okay? He nods, but you need to go. You can't really stay to fight them, can you? Remember, it's permadeath. I say it like you might have forgotten. He says, I'm a higher level than you, Adam, and like I say, you're the more important of us now. He looks over his shoulder as if sensing something. Not long now till we get to the river. More bullets fly through the door, but most of the door is still in place and they can't get through. Lacose is to one side, hand on the handle, jamming it. Then another rubbery, amorphous creature sends tendrils through the holes created by the bullets. I'm about to cast the banishing spell, but Lacose puts up his hand. No, really. Save your mana. He reaches into his inventory and I see him pull out a gleaming dagger. I saw him use it once before, but hadn't seen the glowing runes that shined from its silver blade. Lacose jabs the searching fingers of the monstrosity and slices them off. The rubbery ends fall to the wooden floor and expire in a sulphurous hiss. He looks out over the side of the train to the rushing darkness and says, We're at the river. I don't really want to do this. So I jump. The thing makes another attempt and he cuts off more fingers. I don't want to jump, but I don't want to stay either. I don't want to leave Le Even though he's holding the door closed, he's looking over his shoulder into the dark. Get ready. I don't want any of them following you. I don't want them even to know you've gone. But you'll get out of here as soon as you can. He smiles grimly. Don't you worry about that, Reverend Cadmon. I'll meet you in London. The Brothers of Shadow run and slam their shoulders into the door. It's going to give very soon. As a final piece of advice, he says, there are things in that river you don't want to think about. As soon as you hit the water, swim of the English bank. And how will I know whether it's the right bank? The lights are different. You'll know when you see. I look into the dark. I can't see anything. I don't know if there's a river there, but the sound has changed. We're on a bridge. He says, now go. I peer over the side of the train into the rushing darkness. I should be able to jump clear over the edge of the viaduct. Should be able to. I close my eyes and leap. (laughs) Okay. <laughs>